0: What's up, y'all? just had a technical issue on a broadcast, and I'm trying to make sure I've got this right, and we'll jump straight into the podcast here. Sorry, going live this morning. Uh been a while since we've uh, been able to do this. I've had a busy schedule, but has had some other things going on, uh, and I have just confirmed that we are live. It's always strange to see and listen to yourself on YouTube as recording. So, uh, we'll jump straight into it as always. Want to thank our sponsors. just look at the comments, it does look like we're up and going. Good deal. Uh, want to thank our sponsors Louisiana Hot Sauce, Tarpon Sellers, uh, great people at uh, Madison Social, Charlie Park in particular, but all of the Ford the Table properties and uh, Congruity. Man, we've been doing some things with Congruity, uh, got a couple of good calls lined up with uh, matt for some other people and um and excited and i've mentioned this before but excited to get congruity um handling a lot of some of the more complex stuff of the business surrounding the battles in and um there's no like i choose to work with congruity because i think they're the best people in the field and uh, would encourage you to give them consideration as well so um touch real briefly on uh, on softball real quick I'm not gonna act like a uh, <laughs> not gonna act like an expert at uh, at softball at all I'm not gonna break down the choice in pitching uh, you've got one of the best coaches in the country uh, you let her make decisions I wouldn't pay too much attention to like what people on Twitter who haven't followed softball all year and all of a sudden are experts on who should be the starting pitcher in the national championship game uh, Lonnie's like I said, best in class. She can make the decisions. They're good enough for me. Uh, Kaylee Mudge, dude, that's the best catch. I mean, that and maybe Otis Nixon as a big Braves fan as a kid. Um, There's certainly some King Griffey Jr. has some great catches and stuff, but I know it's all for naught, but the catch that Kaylee Mudge makes last night is one of the most impressive things that, uh, that I've seen. So I have loved watching Team 40 play wish them the best of luck, uh, in games two and hopefully game three against, uh, Oklahoma, but, uh, just awesome to see and, uh, want to give them credit for an incredible season has been fun to watch their postseason run, uh, without a doubt. So, um, bud will be with you, I think in two or three days with his own, uh, solo podcast going to be a recruiting focus show there. My conversations, on recruiting or limited in the current role that I have with the battles in. And honestly, uh, Bud is probably the best person in the country to listen to uh, when it comes to recruiting and uh, you know, ever so fortunate to be able to fall back on his expertise. Um, I haven't been able to talk to Bud a whole lot, but uh, we did talk earlier in this week and I don't know if this is a teaser or just something that caught my attention, a comment that he made uh, about recruiting that I found very interesting. We'll be interested to, Hear more of what he has to say is that uh, he's impressed by the people that Florida State aren't offering right now. Uh, so I, I think that's quite a quite a testament as to some of the you know progress and and uh, success that's uh, been made in that area. And like I said, I'll, I'll be interested to hear uh, Bud's opinion on more of it. So this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. Um, in general, if you guys have any questions. Fire them away in the chat, and I'll do my best to get to them. Uh, but I did want to talk about the idea of uh, conference realignment just real quickly. Interesting, no breaking news here or anything. Just want to tell you what's caught my attention over the past couple of weeks as I look at the landscape. Um, I know that there was a, a, not a report, a tweet uh, put out by um, not Feldman. Oh man, I'm blanking. Sorry. The other, another guy who's with action network who a longtime college football writer, let me pull it up. But he basically said that AAU membership would not be a prereq for joining, um, for joining the big 10. And that's, you know, that doesn't necessarily come as a surprise to me. Um, but it may, it might be informational for, for people if you're out there and you're of the belief that those two, um, have always been tied at the hip. Um certainly that's encouraging for Florida State. Uh, I also would point out like I would not um I wouldn't live and die like with every report or oh my gosh, uh what was it a week ago that like Notre Dame or not Notre Dame, Miami and USF attained AAU membership like Ergo were doomed. <laughs> like, I just it's it's not how this really plays out in this atmosphere in this landscape. Um Florida state's in as good a place as anybody in the country. Florida state has an incredible brand when it comes to athletics. Um, And you've got, you know, maybe one of the five most talented rosters in football right now. So things are going to be okay. You're going to have a really strong season uh, this year. Further cement yourself as, you know, one of the elite 10 or 15 football playing schools out there. And whether it be the softball team, the women's soccer team, all the other things that you do in athletics, uh, the historical run that the the basketball team had gone on to when we just don't you know pay attention the last two seasons. Um, your brand is your brand. Uh, now there's some things that you can't change, you can't edit. You know the media market you're in. If you believe that to be a um, an impactful thing, its importance has, has waned over the last ten or fifteen years, in my opinion. Um, there's also some some interesting limitations that I wanted to talk with you all about um as far as like stadium naming rights and things like that so if you're a long-time listener of the cast in the year 2000 excuse me the year 2020 um we've been podcasting a long time and we have not been podcasting since the year 2000 um in the year 2020 i had a friendly wager with bud that um i'm going to extend to the full calendar year of 2025 just to protect my bet uh that Doe Campbell Stadium would have some type of corporate naming uh, rights, and um, I want to circle back to that issue, not because I think anything's on the horizon. This is not like a wink, wink, nod, nod. I, I have heard no information about that at all, but I did, I was reading a couple of things and stumbled across uh, an article, and I think it's called Athletic Director U. And it appears to be a publication geared toward athletic directors. And they were doing a full breakdown on what some of these naming rights are worth. And it was surprising to me. Um, I think my kind of my mental, you know, if you talk about like price points and negotiations or things like that, my my price point was much more reflective of like University of Washington signed a deal in 2015 for $4.1 million a year as a pretty significant uh, sum. Like as as a point of reference, I think the Braves Stadium here in Atlanta and the Braves are you know, probably one of the five or six larger brands in in professional American sports, uh, maybe 10. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, And it's the, the Battery, which is a retail complex surrounding it, is incredibly popular and has been very successful. Um, and they play 81 games a year. Okay. That's a, that's a building that's used probably 140 times annually, whether it be baseball game concerts, state championship games, etc. Uh, and the Braves are getting, I think $24 million a year from Truist. Uh, so all of this leads to, there's been a little bit of a depression in my opinion, in this market, as an example, Kroger, um, signed a deal with Kentucky and that, is one of the better deals out there, and I think that's at 1.85 million annually. Um, so, I that's you know that's kind of more where I would anchor your expectations if something were to occur. Some of the limitations that do kind of cause me for concern as to how much Florida State would be able to reap for something like this is where it's located i mean tallahassee is not a a major market um i also point out that doe campbell stadium is not built um for example like the way that baylor stadium is or ucf stadium that, or louisville uh, you know you see the stadium when you drive by i only bring that up because like hundreds of thousands of people get impressions on those naming rights every day by driving by the stadium um maybe Florida State could find someone that's willing to pay $2.5 million a year, $3 million a year, something like that. Uh, But most of the stadium naming rights deals that are being done right now are landing somewhere between like $800,000. And and, the Kentucky deal, like I said, is kind of on the top end of the spectrum when it comes uh, to looking at what potential naming rights are. So uh, the other thing that's limiting here uh, is that you don't like doke is not used outside of football games. Really. You don't host concerts there. You don't have a whole lot else. Um, I know that they used to play like some high school championships there. uh, But it's not a facility that you're really able to, you know, leverage up and take advantage of. um, I don't know, more than 25 times a year. Maybe I maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe there's things that are going on. Uh, That I'm not aware of, but that certainly does have an impact on, you know, the signage that you're able to sell. It just it goes into everything, and so that is kind of an interesting um, idea that I'll throw out there, just something to look forward uh, at and see if there's not, you know, maybe maybe there's a way to try to make more uh, use out of that property and have it be uh, more appealing to somebody that's interested in putting some type of Corporate sponsorship on that. One other uh, little thing that caught my note as I was reading that article, and look, this is just a this is just a data point in an article. It doesn't mean that it's applies for every institution or every fan base. But it said that major donors, and I think this defined major donors as people that give more than two and a half thousand dollars a year. Uh, major donors have significant less of an issue with corporate naming rights than say donors that give less than $999 a year. So, um, you know, if Florida State were to ever do anything or if some other college, I know we got a large, large Clemson fan base here and I don't think you'll ever see (laughs) a... Okay. Uh, A comment about a potential sponsor, uh, evidently at the Miami Heat Stadium made me me laugh. Um, If you or a Clemson fan or something like that. I don't think you're going to see BMW stadium at Memorial field or something like that, but it is at least something that you can extrapolate. And maybe this gives you a little bit of a better idea as to some of the opportunities that are out there. And if I am correct in my bet that at some point there's uh, corporate sponsorship on, on dope cable stadium uh, you know, hopefully that market improves drastically over the next year and a half or something like that. And Florida state's able to, Um, you know, sign some kind of benchmark deal that would provide a significant amount of revenue that uh, that right now the ACC TV contract is not uh, otherwise providing. To um, circle back to the subject matter of conference realignment, and to an extent, uh, I brought up that naming rights deal because of this, and just as a reference point to where when people are like, oh, I bet you can probably clobber together, you know, 15 or $20 million out there to make up that revenue gap. No, no, you can't. I mean, there's not a whole lot of quote unquote chunk plays out there, uh, to try to make up a disparity like that. Just simply not going to happen. Um, or at least a man with a limited perspective like myself doesn't see how it's going to happen. Um, we talk about the big 10, we talked about the big 10 and AAU membership. Um, I will say, and I'm not speaking from the perspective of Florida State. uh, I'm just speaking from what I believe of this conference and, uh, you know, what's uh, out there for it. Mike, how's it going, bro? You know, the most consistent Florida State commenter uh, out there in YouTube land. Always love to see you and very much appreciate you joining us today. Uh, Watch the Big 12. And again, I'm not... Florida State and the Big 12, I don't think ever have anything to do with each other at this point. But in my opinion, the future of the ACC is going to be dictated by how many schools the Big 12 feels comfortable taking or appealing, anything else. Um, uh, The T-Pain concert was at the, was at Doe Campbell, was it Ashland? Okay. So yeah, that's, I mean, (laughs) all right. I'll put a pin in that, and come back to it. Ashlyn, that's an informative comment. I appreciate that. Um, in my opinion, the future of the ACC is dependent upon the Big 12, how ambitious they get in expansion. There was a, I believe, a report. I don't know that this was confirmed or that there was more information uh, surrounding it, but what Arizona and Colorado were considering Big 12 membership or something like that. If the Big 12, that's my point, if the Big 12 is comfortable and, and these schools and universities are comfortable with Big 12 membership which their TV deal might suggest that they would be Louisville, Pitt, NC State, Virginia Tech. Schools like that could potentially be a really good fit for the Big 12. And if you can get 3 4 I don't know maybe maybe Miami if if Big 10 membership doesn't work out, they could pair UCF and Miami in the Big 12 and um, that would be cute. Maybe, so I think the NOLCAST, in fact, I don't think, I know, I know the NOLCAST was the the first uh, entity to bring you the idea that if the, that the, some of the institutions of the ACC see the path forward as getting out of this conference as like internal dissolvement, not necessarily challenging uh, the grant rights, et cetera. And if the ACC is going to, or the schools of the ACC are going to hit that number of eight, then I think the big 12 is going to be as influential factor as there is. And are some of those schools that I mentioned, um, would they be interested Would the big 12 be interested? I think the future of the ACC is dictated by what the big 12 and how many people, uh, how many schools potentially see that as a landing place. If three of them do, I think this. Think the conference is done, to be honest with you. So uh that's just a, a number that I have and something kind of for us to uh to watch at, you know, watch collectively as a fan base. Uh Jason Smith asked me a question, a distant cousin of mine. Where do you think the vision of the Big Twelve would where do you think that version of the Big Twelve would end up in a greater CFB landscape, a third major conference or the first of a second tier? Oh, Jason, that is a, a exceptional question, man, uh, for a couple reasons. I, one, I think if you're growing like that, you have intent on being the third uh, major conference, and the third major conference of three, okay? So that is where that would be more appealing to them. The, the Pac-12 or Pac-10, whatever it is at this point. I'm sorry. My dog is chewing on a pig chew toy that I'm pretty sure you guys can hear. Give me one second. I apologize. All right. That's embarrassing and unprofessional. And one of y'all asked if my dog Hambone had uh, knocked out the internet earlier. No, he hadn't, but he has done all that he could to be as disruptive as possible. Um, Okay. My damn dog totally lost my train of thought there. So Jason's question is what I was talking about. Uh, I think you make those moves, you potentially add some of the schools of the ACC, you potentially look at adding um, Colorado and Arizona, if that if that's in play, uh, because you think that you're going to be three of three. Um, and, you know, maybe it's that, it's just hypothetical, maybe there's a carve out to where, you know, other major conferences have. Three schools enter the playoff, or four schools. I'm just choosing a, a minimum number, and you as the third has, you know, that number minus one, or that number minus two, or something, something like that. I don't think the Big Twelve is ever going to try to look, and, and this is assuming that the Big Twelve adds schools and the Big Twelve asserts itself as uh, the third of of three power conferences. I don't think they're ever going to try to look the SEC or the Big Ten in the eye and tell them that they're equal. Uh, but I do think that they would you know have a a proverbial seat at the table so um let me pull up another question that i had uh, that i wanted to answer real quickly a couple other comments about non-football related events they had some top golf stuff ashland said that the t-pain concert was from 2018 okay yeah so that's i'm sure there's been more there since then uh but I'm kind of surprised, kind of surprised. Um, you know, not many things went right during the Willie Taggart era, but the spring game was pretty damn impressive. And, uh, there were still, I don't know, 35, 40,000 people in the stadium for that salt and pepper and, um, you know, various act of, of, you know, popular bands of the early nineties or whatever. Um, I would think that, you know, maybe, maybe dope can be made, uh, into a, an arena or a situation that could be used more frequently i also acknowledge that like i didn't just come up with this idea uh people have had it out there there's probably a reason uh if doke isn't you know otherwise being used more frequently and i'll try to uh ask around and you know have a more educated conversation as a follow-up uh for y'all on a future episode so uh, Gregory asks or, or doesn't ask as much as just comments on what Notre Dame's doing, says they're not coming no matter what, uh, coming to the ACC. No, I mean, they flat out told you they're not coming to the ACC. Um, I do think that if this plays out that Notre Dame joins a conference, I, I think they'll they may have to. Uh, it's just something to keep an eye on. I don't think they're going to be able to uh, maintain uh, independent nature and or status. And I wouldn't let the SEC's recent, you know, lack of certainty as to whether they want to go to eight or nine games fool you guys. Uh, these conferences, I made a comment about six months ago, eight months ago, can't remember how long it was, that I would be concerned as to how long, um, you know, if the Florida State and Florida game is in jeopardy at some point. And these conferences are going to leverage up their own internal inventory. That's what TV wants. TV wants wants to sign these conferences so that they can have, you know, Alabama play in Florida state or Michigan play in Florida state or Alabama play in Tennessee. Uh, they want their own inventory to be able to go out, put on TV and sell to, you know, sponsors, advertisers, etc. cetera. Um, non-conference games don't do a whole lot for, you know, some of these TV contracts. Now they're great one-offs and, you know, there's, there's value there. I'm not dismissing them. Uh, but if these entities are going to pay as much as they are for these TV deals, they're going to try to maximize it and maximizing it. In my opinion, ultimately in time means more defined regular season games, less opportunity to schedule high quality out of conference opponents. Um, I would be concerned with Notre Dame if I, if I was Notre Dame and I thought I would be able to stay, um, independent. So to kind of put a bow on it, and I'll wrap up here in a second, I appreciate you all joining me. I apologize for how long it's been uh, since our most uh, recent episode. Um, With all love and respect, I'm not going to let my dog co-host. Florida State's in a great place. I believe that Florida State wants to make itself as appealing to the Big Ten as possible. And if that's where they land, great. But part of making yourself appealing to the Big Ten means that the SEC is probably going to come and take another shot at you, right? I don't think in the in the heart of hearts, at the end of days, that you know the the boys in Birmingham feel real comfortable about Florida State. Um, you know, maybe it's Clemson, maybe it's Miami, maybe it's Georgia Tech, UNC, UVA, whatever. Uh, Florida State's in this example, and certainly Clemson would apply as well, doesn't need to have, you know, SEC tradition, SEC building, as far as the stadium, other facilities um, are coming up to speed when you're talking from a perspective of Florida State and SEC slash Big Ten money. Uh, all those things and the ability to recruit the Deep South uh, is not not a great proposition uh, for for the sec in my opinion and i believe that you know probably the best way to get an invite from the sec is to make yourself as appealing as possible to everyone else out there so something to keep an eye on Uh, i think again i'll be consistent in what we've said on this subject matter for two or three years florida state's fine if you choose to live and die with every update you certainly can uh if you want to get yourself concerned about you know who found what academic status where Again, that's your prerogative, uh, but I, you know, this this thing is a, this thing is not a stop. This thing is like an egg timer. It's not a stopwatch. You just got to sit there and watch it play out. And what I mean by that is this thing doesn't course correct every week. Doesn't change, um, you know, based off small reports or other things. Uh, the the you know the skeleton of this argument is the school that Florida State's become the powerhouse uh, athletically that Florida state is in damn near every sport that it chooses to compete in. And it has one of the best five football brands in the country. Okay. Uh, if you're of the age of 30 to 60, you know, Florida state is what Notre Dame is to my dad. Uh, you, you, you love them, you hate them, but you feel about them and you'll watch them and the TV numbers reflect that. So, um, as always love doing this, love to be able to sit here and, uh, interact with y'all. Uh, sorry for the screw up I made on the first video. If you were uh, sitting here in the lobby, but, um, yeah, it's not the first tech screw up I've ever made. And it certainly won't be the last again. Want to thank our sponsors as always Tarpon sellers, coupon code NOLCAST 20% off Louisiana hot sauce. Uh, the fantastic team at congruity. And our, uh, big friends at, uh, at the, uh, for the table restaurant groups. And as always, uh, Shannon, Chad, the greatest of sponsors that anybody could ever have hoping to have in American sports. And that is FSU dot Uh, I, <laughs> I think I've sent out like, uh, I don't know. We've, we've had an awful lot of people, uh, work with them, you know, even in the past uh, two or three months, where, you know, maybe from a macro perspective, you would have expected uh, mortgages slow. I can simply tell you by the emails that I have in my inbox and the t-shirts that I send out, uh, it hasn't show- slowed for Shannon and Chad. And uh, thank you guys, as always, for the support that you've given them. So like I said, Bud will be back. Um, I know he's going to some of the elite camps that are at Florida State this weekend, or mega camp elite camp. I get confused. Um, he will have a full update from you or for you from a recruiting perspective. And, uh, from there we'll be back, uh, sometime next week and very much look forward to carrying on and, uh, having the next Noel cast that has both hosts till then enjoyed it as always. Thank you guys so much for your support. Look forward to talking to you soon.